This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all around the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. This episode is sponsored by Conscious Transformation Trainer Matthew Labosco. Conscious Transformation is a proven system for personal development designed to help you create a meaningful and fulfilling life. Based on cutting-edge neuroscience, ancient wisdom practices, genetics, and psychology, Matthew helps you shift limiting mental, emotional, and physical patterns to reach your full potential. To inquire about working with Matthew as a private client or join one of his classes or weekend seminars, please visit ConsciousTransformation.com slash Matt dash Labosco. All right, gang, I'm ready. Oh my goodness. Today's awesome and inspiring podcast guest. I'm so excited because I found her through an article that I was so impressed with. And Alexandra has her first full name. I cannot say her last name. You know, people, how bad I am with names. So I'm going to let her pronounce it because it's beautiful, but tough for me. And my son was going to be named Alexandra if he was a girl. So I love that name. But before we get to her and she tells me how to say her beautiful name, let me tell you a little bit about Alex. She is an international vinyasa yoga and meditation teacher, self-development writer and blogger, which is how I found her, and world traveler with a nomad spirit and backpack, which I love. The two main articles we're going to talk about today, which I read. And I find them very fascinating, and I can't wait to dive into them. The first one is don't quit your job to chase your dream. And the other one is how full is the glass, how excessive optimism can ruin your life. This should be interesting for me, people. You know me, Pippi Squippy over here. All right, welcome, Alex. How are you? I am really well. Thank you so, so, so much for having me. Uh, This is going to be so much fun. Uh, I'm excited. Let's say your last name. <laughs> so my name is Alexandra is my first name. Uh, I go by Alex, have gone by Alex for a very long time. My last name is Sliabcevich. Um, it's a Croatian last name. Um, wow. Yeah, it's a Croatian last name. So we, we have long, long last names. So I have a lot of letters in my full name. So I've shortened it down to Alex, but that's that's about it. <laughs> That is crazy. I mean, so when did you move here? Um, we moved when I was when I was pretty young. I moved to the states when I was about eight years old. Um, okay. And then, yeah. Then started um, started school, and so it's been it's been a long road. I've been here for all, over twenty years almost. Right, and you live in North Delaware right now. So which I that's do. not far from me. I'm on the suburbs of Philadelphia. Yeah, that's super close. I, I go to Philly all the time. Delaware is super small and tiny, so any kind of travel that you do, um, you're always gonna always gonna end up in some other state, whether it's Pennsylvania or Maryland or New Jersey. So we yeah, we travel a lot and, and Philly's a great city. All right, so we're just gonna dive right into it, Alex. Okay. Now listen, guys, the reason and it's a little different because every situation is different that I, I wanted to bring Alex on is because in my search, you know, I always search for different interesting articles and books and I always have a book of the month and somehow, and I don't even remember, I came on, don't quit your job to chase your dreams. Yes. And it's a little different. So you know where I am so we can come 
to why this fascinated me, because mm-hmm. I think each situation is different, is I'm at the different end of my journey. I owned health clubs for over 30 years. That's what mm-hmm. I've been doing. Right? Mm-hmm. That's my living, been an entrepreneur my entire life. I mean, besides, you know, waitressing and pumping gas, like the side things you do to make money as a young person, I've never known anything else but work for myself. And recently in the last couple months, huge decision, we, me and my business partner, we sold the health club in Philadelphia Western Fitness after being that location for 17 years. And that was major, major, but the right time and everything. But you can imagine very emotional, you know, after owning clubs your entire life and now, okay, you're selling the last one. Mm-hmm. And the second part of the business, Visionary Wellness, which manages corporate wellness site, which was something my partner actually started and it was like his baby and, and it was doing well. I decided to sell that to him too, so that I could pursue more of my side hustle company, Sandy Joy Western Productions, which is speaking engagements, writing books, podcast, and pursue that instead of putting it on the side, which was a major thing. Cause my husband was like, are you sure? Cause the one is secure money. You know, the second company, like we knew we were going to sell the big one, West Fitness, but the second one, Visionary Wellness, you know, could have been steady money, but I was like, no, it's time for me to do this. So you see where I'm going with this. So when I was reading your article, which is different, it's not like a young person starting out. I was selling, there was money. I had pursued it. I mean, I was working on it for over two and a half years. There was a business plan. I knew where I wanted to go. And then I read your article. So it fascinated me. And you were, it was basically about your life, right? Yeah. What you had gone through. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that and why you wrote that article? Sure. Uh, well, first, thank you so much for, for reading it. I really appreciate it. And I'm really, I'm really flattered and humbled that you, um, that you found uh, benefit in, in not just reading it, but sharing it uh, with your world. Um, so when I first start, when I first wrote that article, um, that article got a lot of controversy <laughs> when I first wrote it. And I, I which actually, is good. which is good. Yes, it, that's very true. It's good. And I'm glad it did because I think it, um, I think it's, I love writing things that get people to maybe, um, dish out some emotions or feelings that they might not have been privy to in the past. And so, yes. um, when I, I actually wrote that article based on an experience that I had many, many years prior. Um, so that article was kind of, kind of like a, a product of something that happened a, a while ago. And what really happened is, um, when I was in grad school many years ago, um, I was working a job, um, as a proofreader and it was this part-time job in this, you know, kind of very technical company. And, you know, I'm not a very technical person. I come from a, you know, writing and creative background, but I had this job and I thought, you know, this was, this is kind of, kind of going to be a stepping stone for um, some writing work or, or just to beef up my resume. And so I was doing this job and I remember I was sitting in this cubicle and there were no windows and I could see there was this tiny little window in front of me and I could see outside and it was this perfect, beautiful spring day. And I, at the time I was reading Elizabeth Gilbert's Eat, Pray, Love, which if you've <laughs> ever read it is like, it, it like makes you want to drop everything and just book a flight to India or any country for that matter. Yeah. And just kind of pursue this life of passion, right? So I'm reading this book and I'm thinking, what am I doing? You know, I, I look around and I'm trying to figure out what is it that I'm passionate about because it's really not this. 
And at the time, a lot of articles, other articles started popping up about, um, you know, you know, quit your job and, and go and travel the world and it's possible and you should always follow your passion. And I thought, I'm going to do that. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to seize the day, you know, carpe diem and I'm going to, and I ended up actually leaving that company. And I remember the moment I did that day when I gave my, when it was my final day, I stepped outside of this office and I thought, I am so excited because I have this freedom now. And I yeah. stepped outside and I realized, okay, what do I do with it? And I had no idea. What really, what inspired the article was I was reading about so many passions that people have and dreams and pursuits and goals. And I thought I could do those things, but I never sat down to actually ask myself what I'm passionate about. And I left a company that was good to me and a company that, or a job that, um, that could have afforded me stability. And I left it not because I was passionate about something else, but I left it because I didn't know what I was passionate about. So that article, what it really funneled into was the idea that if you don't have a dream of your own, don't quit what you have right now, just because there are other people in the world who on the outside of it may look like they have found this perfect quote unquote life. Um, And that was the beef of the article was don't quit your job to chase a dream that you have not finalized that you have not dreamed about thoroughly that you have not sunk your teeth into. If you have this illusion of a dream that you see other people uh, fulfilling that you just, you like the idea of their dream, but what's your dream? And I think there's a lot of benefit in sitting down and figuring out what that means for you and then being very clear about that vision and then absolutely go after it, but not before that. Ah, now I understand. You want, you want to know what's fascinating about what you said? And I actually agree with everything you're saying is there's a book, another book. I don't know if you've read it. Um, it's called, let me just, I want to make sure it's called big magic. Yes. Yes. I love big magic. Okay. And it's by Elizabeth Gilbert. Yep. Okay. Now she wrote in there that she waited until eat, pray, love, right? Yep. Was a huge, massive hit before she quit. I don't know if it was her editing or publishing job. She waited until it was like beyond successful because she didn't want it. It's the, it was almost like you were saying she had a plan. So it was even a little bit different. She knew what she wanted to do. She knew that she wanted to write, but she realized that by straining how she was going to keep food on the table and a roof over her head, that it would actually crush her passion and dream. So that she's te- she was telling people the same things about not quitting your day job, meaning to say that you can't, which is exactly what you were saying, figure out your passion or even pursue your passion while you're doing that. It's crazy. You might, you know, because you're so, once you figure out your passion, and I can attest for this, you'll stay up for hours working on it on the side. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But if you just quit everything, this is her opinion, which is very similar to yours, the same woman, you'll then maybe be more stressed because you're going to be thinking, 
oh my God, oh my God, what, you know what I mean? Like, what, what if I don't have money? I have to make a living. I have to make a living. And now you won't be able to, you, you know what I mean? Really eat, breathe and live. So she actually waited beyond that. And so that's the same thing I was saying to you. It's not like if I didn't sell those companies and have the money from them that I know I could ride for a while, I wouldn't be sitting here just pursuing San Jose West Productions because I wouldn't want to put my family in that situation. Like, oh my God, how's my book going to do? Did, did, did you see what I'm saying? Same thing. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. So Elizabeth Gilbert, uh, her um, big magic was something I read, ironically, much later in life when I was older. And a lot of it made more sense. And I think it's just life experience. You go through these different different phases in life and you get to a point where you say, yeah, you know, um, I, I want to be I want to be super passionate about my dreams. But at the same time, I want to be practical about what's yeah. available and what's possible. And instead of just having this huge, beautiful dream kind of hanging up like a poster above my bed, I want to take it down and I want to manifest it. But in order to do that, there are certain practical steps that have to happen. Um, and if I could go back and tell my younger self, hey, stay and, you know, do things a little bit differently, I, I probably would. Um, I think, I, you know, we can't do that. We can't go back and, and change what we've done, but we can definitely learn from it. And so that article kind of, that's kind of what it, what it was inspired by and what I wanted to, um, what I wanted to share with people. And the reason why I chose that title is because I knew that that title was going to be what kind of catches you and pulls you in because people like yourself who have taken that dream and are now living it a thousand percent beautifully are going to, are going to think, Oh, okay, well, what does this really mean? You know, it might be for some people that, that read the article, actually, some of the comments that I was reading, um, you know, it, it got a little bit of, it got a little bit of backlash, but I liked it because people who were backlashing were people who really made their dreams come true. And, and that's a beautiful thing. And I'm, and I'm happy they did. So what, so when you say backlashing, what didn't they agree with? Um, one of the, some of the comments, a lot of it was based on a pattern. What the backlash was mostly on, um, I think people perceive the article to say that, um, you can't make your dreams come true and that you should always stick to what's safe and comfortable and stable. Um, and so people who have commented, most of them were people who travel full-time or people who blog full-time or are freelancers and have gone out and made these incredible dreams come true and are not living that status quo are kind of thinking and living outside of the box and off the grid, if you will. So a lot of them yeah. came back uh, to say, you know, Hey, you can do this. And I'm, and I'm saying, yes, yeah. absolutely. You can, but what, yeah. what got you there was a lot of, was a lot of hard work and you had a very clear vision. Um, and that was yes. kind of my, that was kind of my, uh, my point to it. Yeah. And I, by the way, when I look and I don't, and I don't think there is completely, you know, uh, like, okay, this is the only way I think what, and you, I'm sure you agree with this. You have to know yourself too. Like there's some people that tell me, Sandy, I'm quitting my job. I'm going to start my own business and I'm going to be an entrepreneur like you. And you think you don't want to discourage them. Do you know what I mean, Alex? You don't want to discourage them, but you're thinking, boy, they, because, Yes. <laughs> they don't have that discipline in them. Or I think they just uh, like want to think of it as, okay, differently. They want to think of it like, okay, I just don't have a boss and I make my own hours and all the glorifying stuff versus what it's like every day to only be, you know what I mean? Be in business for yourself and how to motivate yourself. Even on, even if you're really successful, there's days, do, do you know what I mean? That 
just don't work out or no one's responding. But yet, you you know what I'm saying? You don't want to tell them, oh, I don't think that's for you because you can tell by their personality, like, are they a risk taker? Mm. Do they cares too much about what people think because that's going to slam them. Are they going to be able to take all the rejection? You know, know? and there's certain personalities that can do that more than others, but you have to, I think you, like you said, like you have to find that out from yourself. So going back to like your journey, don't you think in a way it was good for you to find that out? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, that, so that whole um, experience with that job and then quitting and, you know, it, 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 I do believe that things happen for a reason. I do believe that we learn from our mistakes and, you know, I don't, I don't know that uh, that was necessarily a mistake for me to leave. I think it was one of those stepping stones and something that I had to learn in that moment because that job yeah. or that leaving eventually took me, you know, into a different position and into yoga and then into writing and into all these things that I'm doing now. So there's definitely, there's definitely blessings in disguise that happen often um, that you have to kind of sit down and reflect on and be grateful for, yeah. uh, which is definitely yeah. what happened for me. But um, for sure, I mean, I, I did end up chasing my dream, but I, I became very clear and I had a very clear intention. Um, and yes. you can plan, you know, you can plan for a very long time and, and sometimes something will happen and your plans will start to go in a different direction. Sometimes there's a little bit of flexibility there as well to kind of go with the flow and see where you're meant to go. Um, but as a yoga teacher, we, we, we write a, and talk a lot about intentions and behind every great intention and dream and vision that you have, just to your point that you were saying, there's a lot of work that comes after that. There, you, you have to, you know, it's, it's easy to sit there in meditation or in practice or, you know, with your vision board or whatever you might have and say, I love all this that I'm manifesting or all this that I'm, that I desire. But then after that, after the vision board is done and after you go home or go to your job, that's when the hard work begins and you have to, you have to believe in your intention and in your dream so much so that that work is not a burden, but it's something that you're willing to put in day in and day out because you believe in what you want to accomplish. Um, so there's a lot yeah. of practicality and hard work behind that. Um, I have a little sticker um, actually at my job that I that I read often and I say, it's not going to work unless I do. Um, and it's my way of saying, you know, I have a dream and I have a purpose, but it's not going to work unless I put I put in the hours and unless I put in put in what I need to do to get there. You know, so let's sum it up a little bit. If you were talking, which I'm sure you do to somebody who hated their job and wanted to be like a lot of people are doing that, you know, solo entrepreneurs or be be in business for themselves. What's, what's some few things, tips that you would give them? Um, that's a great question. What I would say initially is to sit down and get really quiet with yourself and start to, um, I love journaling and it's my way of getting down deeper into questions. So if I have a dream or if I have, if I sit down and say, I really hate what I'm doing right now, I hate this job, it's not going anywhere. What do I really want to do? And I write that question down and then I just, you know, without any other pressing concerns, if money's not an issue, if time is not an issue, family, anything at all, if you had the perfect life right now, what would you be doing? What's the first vision that comes to your mind? And then I would start to chip away at that. And 
what happens when you do that is you eliminate a lot of the limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves and you eliminate a lot of that background noise. So you can get really clear about that first spark that comes to you. And you know that that's something that despite all the odds that you might put on yourself, that's what you love to do. And then that vision sort of becomes your own and you can begin to grow it and nurture it. And then by that, I mean, maybe start to write down some things that you love about that. Like, for example, if you want to be a solo entrepreneur, you know, what, what's the area, what, what niche is something that speaks to you? And then why do you love that? And then what can you do to get a little more involved with that? Maybe you go out and meet some people, like-minded people in the field, or you take a couple of classes or you go to some workshops or some trainings or online social media is a great tool for this. Um, start small and chipping away at how you can get more involved with that. And I feel like that's a really great and easy um, entry yeah. entryway into this without having this vision and then eliminating everything from your life in order to focus on it. Because that's just, again, right now, it's just not a practical way to do that. So small little baby steps to kind of grow it and then introduce yourself to it and see where that takes you and see how you feel about it. I mean, I've changed so many different visions, but it's all, you know, it's all about making you a wholesome person who is imaginative. Um, you know, as an adult, that's kind of a hard thing to come by sometimes, but that's kind of what I would, that's what I do usually when, when I, uh, start this journey is I, I get really, really quiet with myself and go in and to see what's the one thing that I've always loved to do, what inspires me and fills me up. And, despite anything that might be limiting to you for that vision, that's your heart talking right there. That's the, that's the beauty right there in that, in that dream. Yeah. I, I, and I love that. And I, I do agree. By the way, even my husband who most of the time, Alex, he has no idea what I'm talking about. He's very supportive. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like he always tells me, so what's mindfulness? What's, what, what is this being in my mind? Does that mean I don't drift? Like it's, it's funny if you see us together, it's just hysterical, but once um, it really just became official with everything as of, you know, March 1st and actually the money just even hit the account from the sale. I think it hit like yesterday. So this is perfect timing for this. Uh, I am going, I hope I don't say it wrong. He's like, maybe you should, even though, you know, I know you, you always say, you know, like we were talking about, yeah, it's great. You know, everything is always working out for you, but still take a little time to really see where you want to go with this new business. Like go away for you. So I'm going to, is it called Kripala? Have you ever heard of that? Yes. Kripala is a beautiful place to go for this. I am leaving on Monday. Great. You'll, You'll love it. I've gone for four days and then coming back on Friday. Have you ever been there or known anyone that's been there? Um, I have been a couple of times myself. I I know a lot of uh, friends who have gone up there. Kripalu is a very beautiful place. One, it's it's nestled in like upstate New York and it's just beautiful up there, especially now when spring hits. And um, it's, it's just a really, it's a place where people, whether they know it or not, really it nurtures you because people who come there are coming with something, with some kind of a passion or dream, and they just need a space in order to kind of hone hone in on it. So when you go, I I, I think you'll really notice the people that go, everyone's kind of somewhat on the same page. Like everyone has different intentions and initiatives, but generally it's kind of like, like a, a really intimate, very similar group of people who show up. Um, and it's, it's a oh. really beautiful space. I think you'll really enjoy it. 
How many people are usually there, do you think? Or I guess it varied so much. Um, it does vary. Uh, there, it, I, As far as I know, Kripala has always been very, it's been pretty busy. I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of workshops, a lot of retreats. Tons. Tons. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's always, there are always groups of people who are coming either for the, um, the retreats or the workshops, or you might be doing like an R&R weekend, which I've done a couple of times where you're not really there for any kind of a workshop. You're just kind of there because you need a space. And so um, yeah. a lot of people come for that. So there's, there's always going to be people walking around teachers. Um, it, it's just a really lively, beautiful space. That's I, yeah. Well, you know, what's really funny. I, <laughs> I love all the mindset stuff and all the meditation. I've never, I take yoga once in a while when I go away to New York or California, but I was built with my hips. It's called hip dysplasia. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely have no turn out my hips and I was a dance major. Mm -hmm. Alex. So uh, back then I didn't know they would try to like take my legs and like stretch them in these apparatuses for ballet, but it just, you know, we didn't know, but I always, were able to do everything, but I gravitated more towards like tap dance and Hawaiian and hip hop where you didn't need that turnout. But I found not often, but different yoga classes where I could go, where I didn't feel like I was modifying 95% of it. Do you know what I mean? Because there's so much in the turnout, no matter what. But a lot of times when I would go in, when you go into these big classes, you know, unless you go up to the instructor and you explain everything and sometimes they always aren't open or they're not there for that. They don't come into the class starts. They would walk around and, you know, think I'm doing something wrong. And then, you know, you don't want to explain it. So it became very awkward. But then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to avoid it. There's got to be different things to do. So I ended up going more to like all the meditation stuff, but I'm hoping there that besides all the mindfulness and meditation, I can find a yoga that works for me, you know, that I don't feel awkward in. Absolutely. Um, I, I, some of the best teachers that I've come across have, have been at, have taught and, and do teach still at Kripalu. And it's a, it's a really rich uh, curriculum of not just classes, but teachers who offer something for everyone. And whether that is um, physical adjustments or just education on what you can do in certain postures so that you don't feel kind of misplaced in a class or classes that are specifically catered to um, certain physical uh, modifications where everyone in class has something that they're working towards so it's a little more slow paced or a little more yeah. uh granular or cater to a, a certain audience so i definitely think you'll find that um and then to your point i mean all of us you know at least in the West, apart from like where yoga originated, we, we tend to get really sucked into what yoga is and how it feels physically. And at the root of it, yoga is a very mindful and, and mental practice. And everything that we do on the mat just kind of culminates up to that meditation. So um, I always say if, you, if you're not, if you don't feel like you're going to a class and getting something out of it, you know, go into meditation or do anything that you love and do it with yep. breath and awareness and you're doing yoga, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a movement. Yeah. It's a movement that doesn't have to be specifically focused on, you know, 26 postures that someone came up with. Yeah. So you, the, but you're a big yoga instructor, right? You teach vinyasa? I do teach vinyasa. Yes. 
And so do you still teach classes now where you live? Um, I do. I teach classes at a studio called Aspire, A-S-P-I-R-E. Um, it's a studio, okay. a studio in Newark. Um, I teach there Tuesdays and Thursdays um, at 5.30 p.m. It's a vinyasa class. Um, it is 75 minutes, and we do a bunch of different stuff. So every time it's different. Um, I'm, I'm a really big supporter of the mentality as a teacher to not have a class that's pretty set before. I walk in, I kind of just walk in and look at the students or who shows up and we kind of go with that. And I've always loved uh, giving a class to students that I can cater to what they need versus a set program that I came up with before class starts. Yeah. So now I know there's so many types of yoga, you know, it's like, you know, saying you're going to take a fitness class, like, okay, that's great. But so why did you gravitate towards vinyasa for someone that doesn't know exactly what vinyasa is? (laughs) So vinyasa is just, it's one style. And to your point, yes, there are many, many, many styles and they're constantly emerging every day, which is, it's creative. Um, Vinyasa is a style of yoga. Uh, It it really translates to one breath, one movement. So it's not as gentle as maybe like a beginner's class or a, a gentle yoga class. Um, it's a little, little more fluid. Um, there's a lot of flowing, a lot of, uh, moving back and forth between postures, but it's all about breath and it's all about moving with the breath. Um, the reason why I came into vinyasa when I started yoga many years ago, uh, vinyasa is the first class that I ever took. And I remember going into a class and had absolutely no idea what I was doing. And I felt so misplaced and, and I was like, "I, I don't know if I really belong in this class, but I, I, I did as much as I could. And and the rest of the time I would look around and kind of stare at the other people doing all these crazy things, um, with their bodies. And I thought I'm going to do that one day. And, um, yoga initially was very much a physical practice for me. It was a lot about ego and about, you know, getting into these postures and succeeding. And then as I continued my kind of journey into yoga and especially in yoga teacher training, um, I developed this whole, I kind of met this other side of myself and it became a very personal practice. And now I feel like now I could pretty much do any style and teach it and still be uh, very much myself and, and let it be an authentic practice and always come back to meditation and mindfulness. And it's just about loving your body and the skin that you're in and honoring everything that it can do because it does so much for us every single day. Um, so I try to I try to kind of bring that into my practice and into my teaching. Um, but Vinyasa, there's just something about it that um, that kind of has captured me uh, from the start. And I think it'll, it'll be there for a long haul. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like you really, really enjoy it. And I love the way, because I've, you know, until recently, I've been teaching classes, everything, like everything but yoga, dance, kettlebell, spin, you know, circuit classes, everything. But I always tailor it, even though I have somewhat of a format, it's never the same. And I always go to my audience and who's in the class. So I'm glad to hear that you do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think it's really important. Um, And I mean, the students are coming to the class and with something that they want and need. And it's, it's nice to be seen, you know, and it's nice to, to be seen by the instructor and kind of cater a little bit of of what you need. Um, it's, It's, it's one of those things that I, that I learned in my yoga teacher training, and that has made a lot of difference to me in teaching classes. Oh, I'm really glad. I, I would love to go take your class if I was in North Delaware. Thank you. And, but I don't even think it's that far. It's not even that far. It's not. Okay. So now we're going to switch gears because I do 
want to touch a little bit. We got through some of the stuff I wanted to talk about with the first article, but I really want to touch on this. But how full is the glass? Yes. How Tessa Osmond can ruin your life. So... You go for it, and then I'll chime in. All right. Um, So this, again, was written a little while ago uh, for Elite Daily that I was writing for at the time. Um, And again, goes back to my, like, really punchy titles that kind of suck you in. Um, So I'm a really big believer of um, positivity is something that I – that I kind of center my day around. I, I believe wholeheartedly in shifting your mindset from like this constant loop of negativity and shifting it to yeah. positive because I mean, it takes just as much effort to be miserable as it does to be really happy and joyful. And um, so it, it's really the same. So it's what you choose. Um, but at the same time, I'm also a really big supporter of like just being a wholesome human being. And sometimes, sometimes that means that you just might be kind of sad and kind of having an off day and, and, and just, and so what I've done in my own life and what I actually also take into my teachings is, um, if whatever emotion comes up, whatever you're feeling in that day, just go with it for a little while. That doesn't mean go with it and like allow it to become like this negative loop and habit that you carry for weeks and months on end, but let it like, just kind of let it do its own thing for a few hours or that day. Um, And that kind of surrender and that allowance that I've given myself has really enabled me to look at all of my emotions and feelings as equal. Um, instead of putting positivity as on this pedestal and worshiping it every single day, I look at all of my emotions and I say, I have all of these for a reason. And I can be sad and angry and depressed and anxious and all these different nuances of all those things. Yep. And I'm still a good, great, unique, passionate person. It's just that I have these emotions and I feel like giving yourself to them um, versus trying to shut them down or justify them or fix them makes you almost a little bit healthier in a mindfulness way. When speaking about mentality and mindfulness and meditation, um, a lot of that surrender, a lot of that just being yourself goes back to not just authenticity, but being just being healthy, knowing that life is going to ebb and flow and have its ups and downs. And so are you. And so a lot of that article was um, really, it actually makes more more sense probably now uh, because we, we at least in my in our area actually health and wellness were inundated by all of these you know be constantly positive be constantly positive and I feel like there's for people who might have um, you know suffer from depression because that's such a huge problem in our society today um, you know be, that constant be more positive it's almost like a little bit of a band aid sometimes for problems that run a little bit deeper and my intention with that article and then really what I preach and and teach for forever now has always been to, you know, just look at what you're feeling and and let it be, let it be in all of its different um, versions or, or sensations that you might feel in the body or in your mind or in your feelings. Just let it, let it be. And, and, and know that you are not less than because you're, you know, you've been a little bit depressed for the last few days or you're just not okay. You know, goes back to that mantra. It's okay to not be okay. Um, and that was yeah. my, that was kind of my, what I really wanted to strive with that, with that article. And what I strive in my own life is, is to create a wholesome balance of emotions and it's okay to be whatever, all those things. And it's great yeah. to come back to positivity. Absolutely. But come back to it because you innately feel it, not because you think that you should be positive. Yeah. And that's a really good point. So a couple things that I want to bring up. One, 
I spoke uh, recently at a pod psychology conference in Canada. Mm. And the biggest misconception that people make is that they don't embrace all emotions. They 100% do. They think that you should be very honest and have that safe space and be okay without judgment about all of them. And that it's a big fallacy. You know, it's more like they believe in, you know, having the, I hate to say it, but emotional intelligence. I know that's like a buzzword right now, but being aware of your emotions and then basically saying exactly what you said and being aware of them. And then what? Not staying in that negative zone. How do you get out to get to the positive side? So that was really great for me to see because I've, I do believe like you, I think my secret sauce. And so that I wanted to talk to you about this is that my whole life, I have been the uplifter. Everyone's like, you know, Sandy never has a bad day. Well, look what I do for a living. I walk in a health club. Do you know what I mean? I teach. Yes. I teach, you know, keynote speaking agent. I inspire. So when I walk in that door and I was on TV for many years, no matter what's going on, I know how to go, okay, I'm here for you. And it was never fake for me. I always really... Like my energy, I'm such an extrovert that when I see people, no matter what's going on in my life, that's my, that really is me. I am just naturally happy around other people, but that doesn't mean in private or with my close, close friends, I don't have all these emotions. Do you know what I mean? And I, I don't deny them. I get them out right away. Do you know what I mean? I'm more honest about it because I do meditate, but the thing is, I don't like, you know how some people don't want to admit they're angry or feel whatever. I admit it. And I, I think I just get through it quicker. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, I think there's a lot of, a lot of truth in that. Um, when you're, at least in my experience has been when you're really honest about your feelings, whether they are, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling kind of angry right now, or, or I'm feeling hurt just by saying that there's a lot of freedom. Um, I feel like in your body and in your mind, when you're very open and honest about your emotions and to your point, it's very true. You do get through that quickly because you're not harboring anything, no resentment. You're not justifying because all that justification, it seems to kind of trump those feelings and kind of, uh, kind of trap them in this pocket in this bubble. And then that bubble kind of rests and is dormant for a long time until, you know, it explodes six months down the road when you're, you know, pumping gas and someone says something and triggers that bubble. And then it just yeah. you know goes in all different directions. So I think once you're, when you're honest and when you're really voicing your emotions in that moment, it's incredibly empowering for you. And it's giving you that permission to be very honest about yourself and about what you're feeling in that moment. Um, and I feel like that's something that people should really aspire to like I would love if that was if that was the norm if that was the status quo but what we see a lot and what I see in, in my circles and, and, and in my family as well is we tend to um, we tend to hold back on on voicing that and we tend to um, if we're Absolutely. You know, if we're hurt we tend to you know we we tend not to show that hurt because it's, you know, it's, it's scary to be vulnerable or we think it's a weakness. And then we, you know, we, we plaster some anger on top of it. And then it turns into an argument that was never meant to be an argument. Um, so there's a lot of Good power. Point. Yeah. There's a lot of power in, um, in voicing and being very honest about your emotions, all of them. Absolutely. All okay. So I want to dive into that. So I totally understand being 
honest with how you feel. And like, I get it. Like so many people, and I'm sure there's, we all have our sticky wicked. So there's some areas I'm better at than others, just like everybody else. You know, I can admit this, but maybe not so much that. Um, and I get the idea of being able to voice how you feel at least mostly to yourself, you know, like when you're by yourself, when you're journaling, you know, in meditation and, or you're, counselors, coaches, your close friend. But here's the thing. And I think this is difficult for me. And you said it. What about, do you think it matters if you admit you're upset or angry to your close friends or your counselor, or, you know, you're in a talking to a tree, me and trees, we get along really well. I talk to trees all the time. (laughs) Does you think it, Matt and my dog, do you think it's, there's a difference between that and admitting it to others. Like it, like you said, like being vulnerable, for example, when I sold my business, it was a very emotional thing. So my close, close friend, my husband, my son, my coach, everyone knew, even though I could see where I wanted to go. I mean, I could see where I want to be. It's still hard after all these years and the members are crying. Of course, we've, we've been friends for 17 years, but to my family members and my other friends, it was like nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? It wasn't, they're like, how are you doing? I'm like, good. Because now here's the thing. And this is what I wanted to talk to you about. And I was excited to talk to you about. I feel as if I know my audience, like some people, if I told, it doesn't matter if they're family, acquaintances, business people, they would make me feel worse. Yes. Do you, do you know what I mean? I do. I know exactly. You know what I mean? like, you know, like if I said, oh my God, that was da, 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 they would be like, oh my God, you know, versus I know the people that are, would be there for me and go, I'm so happy you shared. I know you're going to be fine. Blah, 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 blah. They you know, help you get through it. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about because there's so many people that were like shocked but some of them, I think, number one, would be devastated and couldn't handle it. And I'd be going, don't worry, it's going to be okay. And other ones I know would be like, oh, my God, did you hear what happened? Oh, my God. Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, I do. Or well, what are you going to do now because of where they are? And I'm not judging it, but I know where they are in your life. So what do you think about that? Because I was very, nobody knew. But a couple people till I now, till I was emotionally ready. So it wasn't until... All the papers were signed. Everything was short. Like it took, it was like two months later. And then my, my friends and family, like you never said anything. Yeah, I, I get that. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So, so what I've, what has kind of my experience in my own life, what that has been, um, I try to be very open and honest about my uh, emotions in the time that they're happening. Um, however, to your point, there's always going to be a little bit of kind of a tribe of people in my life who, with whom I can share those emotions. And they're just going to like, like you said, they're just going to get it. You know, they, yeah. they get it. And they kind of almost without me even putting the words out there, they kind of sense that energy and they can go in and we're on the same page pretty quickly. And where I feel like opening up that, that emotional well, if you will, um, won't mm-hmm. be, won't be a problem for them. Like they'll, we'll be able to be in there together and they can kind of hold their ground and I can hold my ground and we can exchange, you know, for lack of a better expression, something I love to use is 
those people know how to hold space for you. They can hold space for you. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I love that you said you have your tribe, the people that get you. Yes. And, and, and to your point, I think what is that kind of what you mentioned is you have people who you can go to with this and they can, you can talk about it freely and, and you feel very liberated in sharing that on the opposite yeah. end of that. You have people, or I have people, and, and, and still do in my life, family particularly, yeah. who, you know, you share these things and you're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to be very open and honest about my emotions. However, what I've learned is, at least with my family um, in particular, is there is a line there because what I share, how they perceive that can only come from life experiences that they have gone through. They cannot understand understand me in the same way that I want them to understand me. So what what I've brought into practice for myself and interacting with my family in such a way is... I'm going to share with them and stand my ground in my emotions and in my truth. Um, and I will never, ever, ever for once expect them to understand me in the same way that my tribe does, uh, because that puts a certain expectation on them that they cannot, they cannot fulfill. Um, and in turn, yeah. you know, in turn, that leads to disappointment and you don't want that. Um, so I think to your point, I think you're, you're, you've got it when you said it, there's just, there's some people that are going to understand it and some people that aren't, and it's not neither right nor wrong. It's just, who are you comfortable with sharing those things? Um, and, and how much of it are you willing to share? Because you don't have to share everything. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And so I'm glad you said it because there are, there's so, it's not like I didn't share. I did. And I was very honest with uh, I, people I knew would get me. You know what I mean? I like that they hold that space. And I'm very fortunate in that I have a couple close friends in, you know, my husband and even my son who's 15. It's crazy, but, it, you know, he just like, I actually just look at him. And he crazy knows what I'm thinking or saying. I And I couldn't even hide if I wouldn't. But, and I like that you said the other thing, because I was thinking of that. If you're going to be honest with them, especially, let's say it's your family, don't expect them to react anything different. You know who they are. And that's just where they are on their journey. And don't expect a different reaction from them. Yes. It's, it's a very liberating feeling once you, yeah. once you get that, because then you're not, you're not constantly striving to, um, to, you know, to, to bring people, other people into how you want them to react or feel or live or yeah. see you. Yeah. I think the difficult part for me, and I think maybe hope, you know, others is okay. That's great. You know, you can get there maybe, you know, eventually with some issues, but for me, Bringing up, like you saying, by being honest, if you know someone hurt your feelings or you're angry at them, when you know the reaction coming back to you is not well received. Mm. You know, I think that's difficult for me because I'm like a peacemaker. I like to keep the peace. I like ease and flow. I love win-win situations, but that's not always possible. You know what I mean? It's just not always, even when you come from a space of love and you're calm and you state what you want to say, I mean, it's just not always there for sure. And and you have to be okay with that. And that's difficult for me. That is, that's, it's, it's difficult for a lot of people. It's also very difficult for, for me too. I mean, I'm also very much a peacemaker and I want things to be, you know, really nice and, and, you know, level playing field and all that. Um, but at the end of the day, like you said, it's just not, you know, some people are going to react differently. And what I've learned and what's been really freeing for me as well has been, you know, however they react, that's really a lot about them. Um, and it's, you know, their reaction 
reactions are coming from their life experiences or their triggers or whatever it is. Um, it's never really about me. It's never about what I'm sharing. You know, it's kind of like a funnel. When you have a conversation yeah. with someone, the words that you're transmitting and, and what they're hearing, they're funneling it through their filter. But that filter is you know, has gone through years and years of a certain type of experience that is never going to color that information as neutral. It's always going to be subjective and and laden with something. So, um, so I, I've kind of, I've, even though I love connecting with people and family and friends and all that, I, I have to always be mindful that how and what is received is going to be very much out of my control. Um, and, and, yep. and that, that yep. gives you a little bit of um, kind of that detachment, even though it might, you might be disappointed or hurt, but it gives you a little bit of that detachment so that you're not kind of clinging to it so much. Yeah. You know, Alex, I, I wrote a note here and I wanted to make sure I brought up, do you know who Gabby Bernstein is? I do. Yes. Well, in one of her books, and this struck me, uh, uh, first of all, my t- everyone always teases me because I read a lot of self-help books at least once a month. And everyone says, you must need a lot of help. I'm like, <laughs> amen. <laughs> no, but I do seek knowledge. And I think even though they say things and it's like the same thing someone else said in a different way, when the message, you know what I mean, is received is when you need yes. it. But it was a really great one. She was talking about, you know, Emotion. I think it was detox judgment or something like that was one of her books. And it was talking about when you wake up, I always do a little meditation. I always have a word I focus on and how I want to show up in the world. But first, which is making me think about what you said is be really authentic to how you are, how you feel. Like if, you know, if you're really struggling, if you're anxious, if you're sad, but what she suggested, and I'm going to get a little goofy here or, you know, go all spiritual is ask the universe for guidance. Um, and it might've even been in her other book. It's called the universe has your back. It's, I love that book, but you're asking for like, okay, you know what I mean? I'm sad here. I'm anxious. I'm really, I don't have an answer and opening up to receive, you, you know what I mean? Answers that'll come your way. And I read, I read that a few months ago when I was going through all these um, different negotiations for my business. And it just really helped, you know, because for the first time in a while, this was a really, even though I knew it was going to be good at the end, I'm sure you've experienced, I know it's the best thing. It was really tough getting through and to overcome all those fears. And it really helped when I was asking for God, I don't know if there's any meditations that you know that do it or I'm saying it right, but have you ever done that? Oh yeah, yeah, almost almost daily. <laughs> so uh, oh. like yourself, it's, it's actually very it's very true. I mean, it's it's also it's something that we learn in yoga and something that we teach, but a lot of books in self help books, which I also very much adore, um, really kind of hit this point home. And it's it there's a lot that we can control in our life. There's a lot that we can control in our goals and dreams and plans. There's also a really big chunk that we just can't control. And so that, that part of it, that latter part really asks for a, a, a sense of surrender. What can you let go of that you really want, that you can't control, that you just can't see into and say, and kind of offer it up um, and, and offer it up to, you know, whatever you believe in. It might it be God, might it be angels, might it be whatever, whatever 
that you see is something higher than yourself. Right. Exactly. Universe. Um, Whatever it is that you see is higher than yourself, kind of letting that go and, and, and knowing that, you know, you put that intention out there, you, you've given it all you've got. And now it's just time to, to surrender it to, you know, whatever other magical forces are out there. And, and Gabby points to a lot of that in, in, you know, the universe. And, um, I do that daily. I have a meditation in the morning that I do and, and I try to set an intention for each day. And there's, you know, there's some, you know, I actually had one this morning that I did and that I sat down and it was, it was a release and it was, you know, it was a lot of, you know, there's some, uh, burdens that I'm carrying that I just don't, um, that I just don't want to carry anymore. And you kind of surrender. Yeah. And there's a lot of power in that. Um, I think we as, as people, and especially now in today's society with, with how busy we are and how dedicated we are to our work, we're really, we tend to kind of cling on to like controlling the outcome and controlling what we can do and constantly me, me, I, I want to do it myself. But there's a lot of power in letting go and believing that yeah. it will come back to you um, when you're ready. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in, you know, you just can't control a lot of stuff. And you when you let go, and like I I will say in a different way, like I don't have mantras, but I have different words and I do a lot of, you know, clearing of my mind so that I open it to that space to receive. But I feel that the one thing that is not my sticky wicked is I will let go and I say, you know, my eyes to be open to the answers that I can't see. And it just makes me feel so good inside. Like, I'm like, I know they're coming. I don't know when. Yeah. And everyone's always like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, they, they are. I just, yeah. things always work out for me. I just don't know the timing of it. And it makes me feel so much better than I expect that answer right there. Yeah. You know, it just makes me feel so good inside no matter. You know what, Alex, it's so funny because we were going back and forth on which podcast to put you in, but I have to bring you back for the other one too, just for the ladies, because (laughs) I started a new one and let's keep it real. It's great. We highlight people all over the world that are making a positive difference. You know, like recently I've been doing a lot of people um, over in the Norway area and they've been fascinating and I love their accents and everything, (laughs) but it's great, but you, you just never know. And it's usually something that inspired me or they've reached out and they tell their story and their journey with you. I really want to dive into these articles that you wrote. And by the way, you're a beautiful speaker too. Thank you. So Thank you. great, great. And, but I started a new one called, and if you, I, if you saw the logo, you know, which I'm refining it, it's called positive bitch lady, but the B is highlighted so it's like has an arrow says positive power lady (laughs) and it has a plus sign through the bitch and I started that just this week where I go on once a week and I just do eight to ten minutes of a topic about what it's like to be a powerful woman and living your truth and then now and then we bring on uh guests that'll be 20 or 30 minutes just to deal with the ladies but I think you would be great for that because I started it when I was doing a lot of different negotiations for me. I was struggling with, wait a minute, everyone always loves me on the other side. It's always win-win. And sometimes I could feel that they thought because I was always joyful and coming from love that 
my biggest thing is I can be underestimated, which also is my secret weapon. But I could hear like sometimes like the, the connotation that I was a bitch. So I came up with, excuse me, did you just call me a bitch? Because if you did, can you call me a positive bitch lady? <laughs> and everyone just started cracking up. But it's not about being a bitch. I don't even want to be that. I want to be powerful. And if I'm speaking my truth and really knowing I'm coming from that love space and not fear space, it's not always going to be received because like you were saying, it depends on where they are on their journey and you have to be okay with that. So you would be great to come back in because I saw you had a woman's retreat too. I do. I do. I have a women's retreat. Uh, we are doing, it's a yoga and meditation retreat in Croatia, actually. Um, July, wow. July 14th. Yeah. For a whole week. And um, it's just, it's a lot about just building community, but to your point, kind of very similar to this. It's, it's about being just a wholesome woman and knowing that you, while you are super positive and super gracious and, and joyful, that you also have a lot of power. Um, and it's, it's important for the world to see that power. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the positive bitch is actually really empowering because you, while you're, yeah. while you're positive and super, you know, awesome, looking at, looking at life in that positive light, you also have this, like this underbelly and undercurrent of power that should not be underestimated. So I, I really love that. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's funny. Cause it was like, everyone's like, no one usually would call you a bitch. And I'm like, I know, but I had to be really strong in that most times, Alex, I'm very fortunate. I oh, I usually end up coming up with solutions at meeting and, you know, seeing everyone's side of it. And I'm really like good at that. But there are times that they just can't get there. You know yeah. what I mean? Especially like, if it's my team, like when I'm, it's our staff, then we've hired those kind of people, you know? So I got spoiled. But when you're negotiating with other business people, that's not the truth. You didn't hire them. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, don't, you don't, they're not coming from that space. Sure. So it was a really enlightening thing and one that was really difficult, but I ended up, that's why, but I think it would be great. Now, before we wrap up, because this has been wonderful and I'm so glad we did put you on the longer version. We can always bring you back for the other one. Is your retreat full? You know, do you still need um, people? Where it is not full. We still have uh, we still have a good a good chunk of spots left. So yeah, uh, it's open, and uh, there is a Facebook. Uh, um, uh, page, well, not page, there's a Facebook uh, link, almost like a invitation um, on it that people can get more uh, info. And there's a website. Um, it's kendalyoga.com. Actually, uh, Kendall with two L's. Um, she's going to be she's a wonderful uh, co host yoga teacher that's going to be with me. Uh, and yeah, we have spots and, and any woman that is ready just to kind of embrace time for herself. We take care of a lot of people in our lives. It's really time that we take care of ourselves. Um, we have spots open and we would love, love, love to have more ladies, um, join this wonderful opportunity. Right. And does it matter age? What age group do you normally attract or all ages? No, all ages, all backgrounds, absolutely no limitations here. Come as you are. All right. So just one more time, let's just tell them how they can reach you and the retreat. Cause I want to make sure they get Absolutely. how can they reach you and your work and then the retreat. Uh, so my website is Alex, uh, my last name, S L I J E P C E V I C.com. Um, all of my information is on there. Uh, I'm on social media, probably more than any human being should be, <laughs> but you can reach me on mm -hmm. Facebook or Instagram and all those links are on my website. So it's just an easy click. 
Um, and then for the retreat, it's Kendall, K-E-N-D-E-L-L, yoga.com. Um, and you can go on to that page and the retreat will be on there. Um, it's our divine play yoga uh, and meditation retreat for women. Um, and you can check out what we're offering and a book or reach out to me on my website if you have absolutely any questions about the retreat. All right, cool. All right, Alex, we're going to wrap up. It's been so much fun. I'm sure we will be in touch again. It's been a true pleasure. I really appreciate you sharing all your words of wisdom. Uh, It really has opened my eyes and your articles came to me right at the right time. So thank you and keep going with that for sure. Thank you so, so, so much. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure and I'm, I'm really happy with Connected. All right, cool. All right, guys, you know, for Let's Keep It Real, until next time, just be kind to yourself, love yourself, love others, accept where they are on their journey. Until later, toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.